This is episode 9 of Functional First Podcast, where we speak with leading experts in the field of functional health. I'm Katie Yamamoto from Functional Media, and today I'm speaking with Rob Worstein, co-director of Key Clinical Skills, about bringing the first transitional doctorate of physiotherapy, or DPT, program to Canada. Can we start by having you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Rob Worstein, and I'm one of the two principals for Key Clinical Skills, and we are the provider of the DPD program here in Canada. I've been working with Jack Miller on bringing this unique program to Canada, and we're very proud that we have had the interest and uptake so far that's allowed us to uh, run this program. And can you explain what the DPT program is and what the purpose of the program is? Mm -hmm. The um, DPT here in Canada, in the Canadian context, is a uh, post-professional degree completion. We've started with a BSc in Canada and moved to uh, an MPT and then the final clinical degree designation that you would be able to receive would be uh, that doctorate. So what this program does is help people transition their degree. And from a greater perspective, do you see entry-level programs in Canada transitioning to a DBT, similar to the States in the future? It depends on how long-term you're looking. Uh, Certainly, there's some interesting trends uh, around the world. The American Physical Therapy Association got behind their Vision 2020 statement uh, many years ago, probably around 2000 to put together this vision where every physiotherapist would be a doctor of physiotherapy. And in that sense, they were very forward thinking for for their environment. In other areas of the world, this trend hasn't been picked up quite as quickly, but there are some examples, for instance, Australia. Australia is moving towards their doctorate to physiotherapy degree as well in, in conjunction with their health council, very cooperative environment in Australia. Uh, Canada's just recently finished a transition from that BSc to that MPT, which means that uh, we're likely a generation away from having that conversation around whether we're going to transition uh, again. Certainly, legislators were not very keen on that happening at uh, the university level. So, for instance, that creates an environment for for this type of program, the post-professional program that would uh, allow physiotherapy to transition their existing degree. And why did you decide to bring a DPT program to Canada now? Mm -hmm. Well, the healthcare environment in Canada is is changing pretty rapidly and some of that influence is coming from the US and and other other influences coming from around the world. A lot of influence is also in the fact that uh, our uh, healthcare system is unsustainable in terms of how we work right now. In general, talking to Ontarians, Canadians, they're finding it difficult to find the right healthcare professional at the right time, in the right place. It is uh, costing an undue amount of money to uh, triage Canadians to try to figure out which healthcare professional they need to see. Uh, and many, many times there are some barriers to access to healthcare professionals or the healthcare professional that they want to see, there are barriers to that healthcare professional providing the uh, scope and type of care that they could provide to Canadians. We have a lot of healthcare professionals that aren't working to their full scope. There are also a whole bunch of legislative changes. Ontario is a great example, Bill 179 passed in 2010 that changed some of our scope of practice. And on the table in that bill as well was the ability for 
for instance, for a physiotherapist to order imaging. Now that part of the bill has been passed through the house, but it's still waiting for what we call royal assent. So it's on the table, can't fall off the table, but it also hasn't been passed because there are also some other aspects of legislation that need to get opened up. For instance, the, the HARP Act, which is the Controlled Act around prescription of radiation. Uh, so there are some aspects of that HARP Act that need to be changed as well. And it is not quite as cooperative or collaborative of an environment in Canada with different healthcare professionals as it may be in some other places. So so there has not been a move forward to, for instance, change that act. So one of the reasons for bringing the DBT to Canada was uh, in terms of response to preparing physiotherapists who would be in a position to eventually order imaging, that they'd be in a position where they'd have the background, education and confidence to make some efficacious decisions because certainly the impetus behind allowing physiotherapists to order imaging, x-ray, MRI, CT, is not to increase the number of images that are being ordered, it's in fact to try to cut that down, take some decision making for especially MSK injuries out of the hands of primary care physicians who um, are telling people that they're not able to make decisions around ordering of, of imaging in an efficacious manner. And certainly that, that is proven out in terms of how much money we are wasting in terms of imaging that doesn't change the plan of care, doesn't change the, the outcome for the patient that we're wasting. Um, Longwoods uh, published an article in, in 2013, said that we're wasting about $12.5 billion a year on ordering uh, of imaging that doesn't make a difference in terms of the plan of care for the patient or change the diagnosis. So we'd like to take on that role, train physiotherapists to take on the role in healthcare to be the efficacious orderers of MSK imaging, for instance. There are other examples for uh, how that would uh, go. But in order to order imaging and to be a first contact healthcare professional, you also need to be competent in terms of medical screening. And certainly you have to have some uh, background in terms of pharmacology because we're seeing patients with a lot of comorbidities. They aren't simple ankle sprains uh, sometimes. So our, our program involves all of those aspects. Uh, we certainly want to train physiotherapists to be ready to order imaging. We want to be able to give them strong background in uh, medical screening so that uh, they make sure that the patients, the right patients are there at the right time that don't need to see another healthcare professional at that point in time. And certainly some background in pharmacology. So again, some confidence for being able to be that first contact healthcare professional in Ontario and, and, and across Canada. So as of right now, completion of this DPT program doesn't expand the scope of practice of a physiotherapist, but as this legislation passes, you're expecting these people who are trained in your program to be able to order imaging and do all these mm -hmm. things. That, and that's a good question. We, we get that question a lot too. And uh, i like to answer it like this. Essentially, if you're a physiotherapist and um, you complete a PhD, uh, that doesn't guarantee you a, a teaching position at a university. What it does is it puts you in a position where you can apply for a faculty position you know, as they become available. Uh, for instance, our program as well is much the same way. Uh, we have, again, this evolving healthcare system right now, healthcare, and, and roles are changing. And advanced practice roles are emerging. And for lack of a better term, that's what we're calling them right now. So what our program does is it 
doesn't make you an advanced practice physiotherapist. What it does is it gives you the skill set so that if an advanced practice role emerges and uh, you would be in a good position to demonstrate that you have the skill set to fulfill that role. So uh, we, what we're saying is that it puts our graduates in a position where they would be uh, prime candidates to fill advanced practice roles. Uh, does that explain? Yeah. Good. And what is the admission criteria for the program? Our program is fairly simple admission process. Our, our Alliance of Physiotherapists, our regulators, rigorously regulate our entry to practice uh, programs across Canada and uh, are rigorous in terms of their acceptance of foreign trained physiotherapists into practice into Canada. So anyone in Canada who has a license to practice physiotherapy has gone through again, a very rigorous review process. So our criteria for admission into the program is that you're a licensed physiotherapist uh, working currently in Canada with a hunger and a desire for, uh, for continued education, especially in terms of those roles that would uh, fit that uh, advanced practice billing. And what is involved with the program? Is it online, in person? Mm -hmm. Our program's designed very much for physiotherapists who are working. We're not expecting you to take uh, an undue amount of time off of work. It's a post-professional program, so it's a program designed for professionals. So there is uh, a significant portion of online work, and when people are applying, I'm telling them that uh, they're going to have to spend between one and two hours uh, a day or, or evening usually uh, working on this program. So anywhere between seven to 14 hours per week uh, consistently for uh, the program is, is about a year and a half. So about seven to 14 hours a week on the program. There are four in-person weekend intensives. Uh, there's, for instance, one going on this weekend here in, in Burlington at the Cardin Center. And so those uh, four two-day weekends are the only time that we have to get together in person. And the, uh, the rest of the program is focused to be online for the working uh, healthcare professional. One of the great aspects about this program and the way that it's set up is that we've done the reverse classroom method of teaching. One of the things that, that's very clear, people are not interested in sitting in a lecture hall for two days and listening to somebody speak on a stage or coming to a course and looking at uh, three, four hundred slides of a PowerPoint presentation. We are very sensitive to the time constraints of uh, working physiotherapists, working professionals. So we've done this reverse the classroom. The online portion audio PowerPoints that you can access at home. You can sit in your jammies, drink some coffee, and you can access the information, the articles, the online PowerPoint presentations uh, in order to prepare yourself to come to the weekend intensives. And then once you're at the weekend intensives, we try very hard not to let people sit. We are very active. It's a very much a do, do, do on your weekend intensives. You read about what you're going to do, prepare for what you're gonna do before you come to the weekend intensive, and then we very much want to, you to spend your time practicing the assessment techniques, uh, practicing in terms of clinical reasoning uh, with your classmates, and practicing the treatment techniques that make up the evidence-based practice program that we have. So. 
one of the uh, advantages that we see to our program is that uh, you do your passive work at home where you read the articles, take the PowerPoint presentations, and then when you come to the weekends, intensive, you are active and you are doing, and we are helping you refine your skills, your handling skills, which that's the, you have to do that in person. You can't sit at home alone and, and do that. That requires a uh, interactive uh, classroom environment, uh, lab environment. And uh, that's what we offer in terms of uh, this program. You work on your own pace at home and you work at our pace actively at the weekend intensives. And what kind of things are covered in the weekend intensives? Mm -hmm. We're very much interested in providing evidence-based practice information guidelines for our uh, students. We focus heavily on clinical practice guidelines, clinical practice rules, which were developed by a bunch of the researchers involved in EIM and also other groups uh, around the world. But our focus is evidence-based practice. What, is, what does the literature say about current uh, practice guidelines for the most common problems that physiotherapists are going to run into, for instance, on this weekend. Uh, we spend a lot of time looking at uh, the treatment-based classification system for low back pain. Uh, one of the principles of EIM in the US, uh, John Childs, talks about unwarranted deviation in either assessment or, or treatment is often what costs the most amount of money and leads to uh, worse outcomes from patients. What we want is if the evidence dictates that this pathway is the most efficacious way of assessing low back pain and then treating low back pain, then why wouldn't you as a healthcare professional do that? People sometimes complain that there's a lack of, you know, it takes the creativity away from physiotherapy. But in terms of if it's the most evidence-based supported way of, of doing it, then why would you be creative with a pathway that's proven to get better outcomes? There's lots of room for creativity when we look at the three pillars of healthcare. Evidence-based practice, clinical experience is important, and we want to give students clinical experience with evidence-based practice. And then patient preference and values is also very important, and that's where your creativity comes in. It's not coming up with a new and radical diagnosis for somebody with low back pain. It's about taking what the evidence says, your clinical experience, and being creative with how you integrate that with patient values and, and preferences. If patients buy into what physiotherapists are presenting as the way that they're going to get better, they are more likely to get better. So there's where the creativity comes in. So we're definitely don't want to take away from that, but uh, we do want therapists to get better outcomes with patients. So uh, we're going to present them with what the most evidence-based practice guidelines are for how they practice. And who are the instructors for these weekend intensives? So right now, we are getting some help from a bunch of graduates from EIM across Canada who have done the program, for instance, before in the US. So we have a, a number of uh, people, depending on where you are in Canada, who are going to assist. But the two primary instructors for the weekend intensives are, are myself and uh, Jack Miller. 
My background is uh, having been one of the people who got the uh, clinical master's in manipulation program off the ground at Western University. Uh, I've taught in the uh, orthopedic uh, division system for um, more than 10 years. Uh, had uh, experience with uh, teaching with EIM and, and in other courses uh, across Canada. Jack, of course, is well known for uh, being an accredited mulligan instructor here in Canada and has been teaching uh, mulligan courses in Canada for well, close to 25, 30 years now. And so uh, between the two of us right now, we're teaching the bulk of the weekend intensives. But uh, as we graduate more students from the DPT program, we're uh, certainly interested in integrating our uh, new grads in as uh, teaching assistants and eventually taking over some roles of uh, teaching as we expand this across Canada. You mentioned that you have a background in taking those manual therapy courses. Mm -hmm. So how do you find that the DBT integrates with other postgraduate programs? For example, someone who's FCAMP. Mm -hmm. So for instance, the FCAMP program, it's an excellent program in terms of developing clinical reasoning and, and becoming very good with your hands uh, and, and becoming a, a very good manipulator. So for instance, uh, the value of the FCAMP program in terms of what we're seeing is we're going to give you credit for what you've done if you have already demonstrated uh, excellence in some areas of clinical reasoning and as a manipulator, we're going to give you credit for that. So for instance, an FCAMP would only have to do two of the four weekend intensives that we do and usually have them concentrate on whatever their area of practice is. But uh, we're definitely, we're giving credit uh, where credit is due. We don't want this program to be a repeat of uh, some of the skills that you already acquired in terms of postgraduate education. What we want our program to do, for instance, for the FCAMP is to fill the gaps uh, that the entry level program and your FCAMP uh, would not have given you an opportunity to do, like for instance, uh, focus on medical screening, uh, imaging, and pharmacology. Uh, also, one of the value adds that we're giving, for instance, for the FCAMPs is a review of, of current evidence-based practice. Uh, sometimes we've had FCAMPs that have done their program in the, in the 90s, the 2000s, or, or even if you've done it around, uh, you know, even seven or eight years ago, the literature's changed. And one of the things that physiotherapists are very vocal about, uh, one of the things they miss from entry-level practice is access to full-text online articles. When you no longer have access to that library anymore on campus, it makes it really difficult to access information in a timely fashion and in an easy way. Having an opportunity to get involved in our program, review evidence-based practice guidelines, review a, a swath of literature which is related to the evidence-based practices we're, we're teaching is an excellent uh, review update of what is currently out there uh, in terms of the literature and evidence-based practice. Are there any other differences between this program and other postgraduate programs? Every postgraduate formalized postgraduate program has some advantages. And, and we, we talk about this with people who are interested in our program. FCAMP program is, uh, or the, the orthopedic division level system is an excellent uh, program where if people want to become expert manipulators and expert clinical reasoners and they want to put in the time that that program takes over a four to five year period, then we would encourage them 
to go do that. If, for instance, they're interested in the uh, mechanical diagnosis therapy, we have McKenzie program, and in terms of uh, pursuing that because their main practice is spinal, we might tell people to pursue that program. What is the difference with our program is in terms of its focus on evidence-based practice and the most current guidelines out there for dealing with the kinds of patients that most people see on a regular basis. We don't deal with the strange and weird, uh, the less than 1% that walks through the door. What our focus is, is uh, for um, the general physiotherapy practitioner uh, to help them with the 9.5 patients out of 10 that walk through the door on a daily basis that have mechanical low back pain, that have tennis elbow, that have uh, degenerative meniscal issues in their knee, uh, that are going to help them get the best outcomes that they can get. And as well, again, our program is looking at preparing physiotherapists to take on those advanced practice roles as they start to emerge to make them uh, excellent candidates for taking on those roles. How long has this program been running for? The EIM program, the Transitional Doctorate of Physiotherapy, has been running for over 10 years. It started in uh, the mid-2000s with the program in the U.S. Our program up here in Canada has only been running since uh, the end of 2016. Our first cohort came in January 2017. But we have about uh, 40 Canadians who have done this program just through our U.S. partner. And so the program itself is running for more than 10 years. This Canadian cohort has been running since January of 2017. We're lucky also to have a number of DPT grads from the EIM program from the U.S. up here in Canada already to, uh, to help us out. And how has the program been received so far? It's been surprising in terms of, for us, uh, how quickly interest has taken off. There are a whole bunch of Canadians who've done it already, and there were a whole bunch of Canadians who were looking at doing the EIM program in the U.S., and we're pleasantly surprised to find that, hey, it's running in Canada. Uh, so we're constantly getting uh, inquiries about can we transfer from the U.S. program to the Canadian program, or how do we start in that uh, Canadian program. Our uh, profession, uh, Canadian Physiotherapy Association, has been very uh, supportive in terms of advertising to members across Canada and our building capacity. We've had to add a second section to the Canadian program this summer uh, as more people have, have come on and joined the program. And uh, we're looking forward to continuing to grow it over the next couple of years. Are the weekend intensive courses offered across Canada? Uh, they are. Right now we do offer uh, Central Canada and a Western Canada uh, locations for, for weekend intensives. We're uh, also actively pursuing a location in Quebec. And we'd like to see another center in Western Canada at this point, but uh, right now we have two. We're, we're actively engaged in looking at a third and we would eventually see hopefully four locations across Canada to make it uh, cost effective and a little bit easier for Canadians to access this program. And that's one of the very, very important uh, aspects of this is that uh, the amount of time that you have to physically spend together is really only eight days. There is some travel sometimes involved in that, uh, but primarily the program is online. What we want it to be is accessible, and uh, that is a primary concern and, and the way the program is built. 
And where can people find out more about the program? You can find out more about the program through EIM's website as well. But our website up here is keyclinskills.ca, and that has all the information, for instance, for the Canadian-based DPT program. We also have a number of international instructors that we bring into Canada to help augment the program. Uh, for instance, someone that you guys have uh, dealt with before, Jeremy Lewis, is someone that uh, we're bringing to Canada. But uh, in terms of information on the program, uh, keyclinskills.ca and uh, active on Twitter through keyclinskills and also uh, through EIM's website. Which is eim.com. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to Functional First Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give us a rating on the iTunes Store and stay tuned each month for a new episode. 